Hello and welcome to episode 879 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Thursday, January 7th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. We don't uh, we don't need to get into all of it, but yesterday was insane. I mean, that's yeah. really the only way to put it. Uh, we'll give you guys a, a reprieve, talk some baseball right now, but it was truly insane. And, it's uh, nice to have baseball to kind of bury my head in the sand with a little bit. You know, every once in a while you need to you need to get away from the fire hose of yeah. that. Yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, I, I and I, I kind of knew I was like, ah, we'll see. I started up my chat. Quite literally, nobody showed up because it was right in the middle of everything. And I was like, I get it. Close it down after ten minutes and just <laughs> said it's no baseball today. You know, didn't stream either. You know, we we're, we'll focus on what's going on. Get into baseball tomorrow. So. If you're looking for a reprieve, we got you for about an hour or so here. Uh, we're going to continue talking outfield. There are a couple if, you, if you are looking for politics, you can come listen to my political podcast, uh, That's Guardians right. of the Republic. Producer of so. Guardians of the Republic. Look it up. Ian Kahn, Patrick Murray. Great stuff there. And uh, I always love when they bring you in at the end to talk things. Um, always a good listen. I hope they do one. So oh, we're yeah yeah we're doing one tomorrow so okay okay uh, if if you don't like politics just ignore that um, but if you do and you want to get a take yeah a, a free plug right now yeah Gu- Guardians of the Republic check it out there were a couple moves they're pretty small um, Robbie Grossman we can talk about as we get into the outfit it won't be this part but it'll be the probably the next part he'll sh- he'll show up decent little signing for the Tigers mm-hmm. I like it uh, but Blake Trinan I think it uh, carries some interest you know you and I are deep leaguers so every every mm-hmm. move kind of has some impact for us. Um, but Trinan, he's probably going to be second in command to Jansen. I think Gratterall is looming, but if something were to happen to Jansen, um, you know, early in a season, I think they go right to Trinan. And so he resigns with, uh, with the Dodgers there and definitely, you know, you're, you're doing the 50 round draft and holds. He's going to get picked in all of them. And, you know, Jansen's not been invincible, right? We know that he's 33. I mean, and so is Trinan, but. If something happens, I think that's the guy, right? Or would, or do you think Gratterall could leapfrog him? No, I think Trinan is the guy. And, I mean, not only has Jansen been less than uh, – I don't even know what the term for it is. He's no longer elite, obviously. He's not his untouchable self, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they went away bad. from him in the World Series. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he's not bad. You still look at the skills mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, this is still a guy who can be – very good, but remember there was a period. He's also where he... a free agent at the end of 2022. So, or sorry, end of 2021. So, okay. Okay. um, they're no longer like so tied into him with the money aspect that they can't just, you know, if if he's looking crappy early on in the season, like I don't think the rope is as long as it has been. Totally agree. Totally agree. And even Corey Knievel's there now. He's, you know, yeah, he's a, a flyer type. But he's closed at an elite level before, too. So it's no longer just lock, lock solid Jansen, number one guy, et cetera, et cetera. So if you are in a deeper format, keep an eye on Trinan. I think he's a good pickup. Still somebody who can give you ratios and strikeouts even when he's not getting saves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like I said, Grossman will probably talk about on Tuesday, uh, part five of Outfielders. But it is part four today, and we're going to continue our, our groupings here and, and pick guys that we like. Let's start. Uh, with a, a solid group of mid-tier outfielders here. These, these are really interesting guys. Max Kepler, Randall Grichuk, and Clint Frazier. They're going two picks apart each at 183, 185, 187, respectively. Um, this is still in that range of guy that when you're taking them, 
you see the big upside that could really change your season. You're expecting, you know, maybe something more middling, but there could be breakouts. We've seen it from Kepler. Uh, I think we've seen it from from Grichuk too, and we saw a little mm-hmm. bit from Frazier. We just haven't seen it in a full scale season yet because uh, he hasn't really had that opportunity. Remember, he was kind of persona non grata, looking like he was going to get traded out of uh, New York at some point. The defense was awful. Nothing was going right. Well, then um, he kind of fixed his defense. And even that was that wasn't an issue all of a sudden. And then the hitting was back on track. So of these three, the the price is basically the same. So who would you pick as your go to? I think my go to is Kepler, just because I feel I mean, I really like Frazier from just a straight skills perspective. And I think if he were to get 600 plate appearances, he's the guy, right? I just don't know that I trust him getting 600 plate appearance. The Yankees have been tied to Yasel Puig and other outfielders, uh, you know, in rumors throughout the offseason. I just worry. In lieu of Frazier or in deference to the age and health, respectively, of um, Brett Gardner? Well, Gardner's gone. Gardner's now, a free then, agent, uh, but he could also be brought back. You know, for that veteran presence. No, I I, I think it's... I mean, they seem to really like Hicks uh, I mean, I love when him. he's healthy. Yeah, and we'll get to him later. He's actually on today's episode, but... Yeah. I, I don't know. You don't look at that outfield and say that Frazier, Judge, they've got the jobs, and then center field can be I think Judge. In. I think Judge has the job. And, of course. Um, and then everything else is a rotation of sorts. I mean, this is a super right-handed lineup, too. It is. Uh, I, mean, I will say, for Frazier's part, uh, he has been uh, reverse platoon yeah. in, in, you know, not huge samples. But <laughs> And you know what? In the last two episodes, I haven't made this mention. I usually have my uh, episode mention of MLB The Show, but that's how I'm very familiar with it because when you take a Clint Frazier, you know, he can dominate righties, and usually people bring in a righty against him because they think they get the platoon advantage. And he's actually had 8.32 and 9.12 OPSs against them the last two years. So um, he's held his own in that respect, and uh, you know, got the power, can have a decent little average. He can even run a little bit. I think over a full season, you get what maybe mm. seven Six, to ten seven. steals. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so I mean, I do like him, and I think it'll depend. You know, for me. Uh, like who I already have on my team. If I've got guys where I'm like, okay, these guys are locked in playing time. I don't have a lot of like, you know, early draft gambles. I'm probably more likely to lean Frazier just because I do think the upside is of a potentially like a 30, 10 player. Um, But if I'm feeling like, you know, if I've taken some risks, you know, already, you know, maybe I have a Buxton, maybe I have, you know, just guys that have injury history or playing time issues. Uh, I'm going to lean either Grichuk or Kepler. Um, you know, I think at this point we know kind of what Grichuk is, right? So Yeah, I, I think he kind of is what he is. He's 30 homers in a full season mm-hmm. with some volatility. Yeah, and, and, and a pretty mediocre to poor average. I know he hit 273 this year, but... That's the shortened season there, 232, 245, 238, 240. I mean, we know what he is, and and um, 
always in the 20s with his homers, but then if he gets a full season, I think he's low 30s. And we saw that in 19, 31 homers, yeah. 232 average. So he is what he is, but he's still 29. You know, there could be a spike there where he keeps the 260 something, 270 average for a full year. But I agree, you're not, you're really taking floor with, with Gritchuk, right? Yeah, I think you are. I think you're, you're kind of just penciling in the 30 home runs and, uh, and, and kind of call and I mean good counting stats too. I mean, I say, this is a Blue Jays team that uh, is you know good offensively already. We expect them to maybe sign someone like George Springer and improve that. Uh, the question now, becomes like where does he hit in the lineup? Well, if they did that though, would that be at the expense of Gritchuk? Because it's it's so. Guriel, it'd be Guriel Springer Teoscar. I think Teoscar moves to DH. Okay, and then Kirk becomes more of the full-time catcher, or, or just splits with Jan. Right now, Alejandro yeah. Kirk is is penciled in as the as the DH. So you, you can take Teoscar off the field. Pardon me. Have you seen the steamer projections on Kirk? I, I have. I have. They're insane. They, they are. They are a, a thing. They're wild. 289 average, 16, uh, 15 homers and 56 ribbies and four steals, and that's only in 426 plate appearances. Mm-hmm. So if when, he, when I ran my auction values for the uh, um, the uh, uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits draft guide off of Steamer, it had him as the fourth catcher. Holy smokes. Now, what if he, you know, well, what if they don't make that? I, I, they've been involved in a couple big names. Let me, he's mm-hmm. also been rumored because they can fit that big piece somewhere uh, on the squad. But uh, what if they, what if they don't? And then Kirk is, is, Catching sometimes, but then DHing when he's not and playing more or less full time. That'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. I do think, I mean, this seems like a team that wants to kind of push all in. Yeah, I, uh, I think they get a big bat somewhere. If it's not the top of the scale there with Springer or LeMahieu, I think they go down to the, the second round. Well, like it could be Real Muto, too. Oh, now that'd be really interesting. I don't know if they do that, though, with Kirk and Jansen. Uh, I mean, there there has been talk of it, so... I yeah, think it's I think it's gonna end up being Springer. Yeah, uh, that that seems like the right fit for them. But I mean, think about Real Muto in that lineup. Oh man, I mean, the thing of it is, you, whatever free agent you put in there, everyone gets mm-hmm. really excited about about their prospects um, being on Especially, that squad. I mean, if they sign someone like Real Muto, why couldn't they just trade Jansen in a deal Can't, for a starting pitcher? Catchers have value for sure, and you know his offense has been up and down, but I think he has enough defensive prowess that teams know that they can start him as a legit catcher, and then they can take a shot on the hitting. How old? How old is Jansen? He's twenty-five. Twenty-six, I believe. Yeah, so that could definitely happen. But they're going to make a big move. I don't know. I think you know. If they keep Tasker out there, it can be Grichuk. Tasker or Grichuk. Uh, are going to mm-hmm. hit some DH there, but it's not going to really affect him. Let's talk Kepler real quick because he had the big breakout in 19, 36 homers, 90 ribbies. Everyone was hitting 30 on that squad. He only he did that in just 134 games, too. That was the real in 98 runs, too. Imagine if he played 155, uh, but then fell apart this year. Uh, still hit nine homers, but a 228 average. You know, one thing I liked about uh, Kepler going into 20 was that. 
he had done this the, he'd had this big season despite only hitting 236 against righties mm-hmm. with a 223 bat I thought just natural regression let alone any sort of improvement could really foster a big batting average uh in like and but for him big would be 270 plus uh, with the power well it went the other way 228 with nine homers three steals uh, what do we make of him now at, at, at 28 with uh with the 2019 looking like an outlier I mean, I don't know if it is an outlier. I should probably check his StatCast data and see see what that looks like. But, I mean, a lot of his contact stuff, you know, the underlying contact numbers are right in line with what he did in 2019. So, like, I, I, I think that maybe this is some small sample holding them down. I mean, the exit velocity, ugh, hard hit percentage, barrel percentage, not he- great. He was impossibly bad against lefties, Kepler was. Yeah. 128 average, 208 OBP, 170 slug. It was 53 plate appearances. He did improve against righties. That that was there. He hit 266 uh, with with all nine of his homers. But the the, the verse lefty fell apart in, in a small sample. Those 53 plate appearances carried quite a bit of weight. Um, so you know yeah, he I, he also hit under the Mendoza line against breaking pitches and off speed pitches. Ooh, that's really tough. So I, I mean, I, I think he's a floor guy too, where you're still looking at mid twenties pop with uh, kind of like Richard, mid twenties mm-hmm. pop with a 240 average. There could still be, you know, we've seen it. 2019, we mm-hmm. saw it. It could be something more, but um, and I still like that lineup too. You know, it, it has lost some pieces, but I still like I still like the Twins lineup. I don't know. I just I don't get the the warm and fuzzies about Kepler anymore. That, yeah, that I, I I would go Frazier out of this trio as well. Yeah, I mean I've always been a Kepler guy, and so it's hard to kind of jump off the bandwagon. I you know I do. I mean this is a guy who was late to baseball, and so mm-hmm. that you know twenty the age twenty eight um, is not uh, like he hasn't been playing baseball as long as other as long as a lot of other guys. Uh, and so we've seen like kind of late later breakouts for, you know, guys like Lorenzo Cain. Cain is started, exactly. Yep, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. There could be some more growth is what you're mm-hmm. saying that you wouldn't normally see from a 28 year old. Mm-hmm. You know, if he gets back to like decent against lefties, carries over the, the quality that he had against righties in 20, um, then we could see something there. But yeah. You know, and, pay, for, pay for the 27 homers and a, and a 240 average. And I mean, with. Eddie Rosario gone, like there's no chance he loses playing time. I think. I mean, he no, had no, to no. be really, really atrocious. So I think he's kind of a volume play uh, and a you know compiler in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm okay with that as long as I've got upside otherwhere on my team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, you know, you're drafting these guys with, with a particular floor in mind, with the idea that you could pop something bigger there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, let's move on to uh, another group of veterans. This is real veteran impact here, where I don't think that upside really exists. Um, you'd have to get lucky, I think, would, would be the way to put it at this point with these guys. Um, but you're getting a floor again. Andrew McCutcheon at 202, Kyle Schwarber at 203 without a squad yet, Jesse Winker at 211, and A.J. Pollock at 214. Do you have a particular favorite here, or is this a group that uh, you, you would let kind of come to you in the draft, meaning you would just take whomever was available? Yeah, I mean, it kind of, it's kind of a tier of guys that you kind of just, you know, you see one of them dropping and uh, you go after. I mean, 
I think my favorite is probably Schwarber, which seems weird because I've been like, like my two favorites actually are Schwarber and Pollock. And this is actually a whole tier of guys I've hated in the past. Yeah. I mean, I, I hated Schwarber, I've hated Winker and I've hated Pollock. So, um, I hate uh, Winker. He does nothing but play well. And miss time. Okay, but I mean that's built into oh. the price. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. It is built into the price, and um, he was quietly pretty good and played pretty much every game uh, in Cincinnati uh, in in 2020. I mean, got what 54 games played, 183 yeah. played appearances. Uh, there, they appear to be in rebuild mode, and no, uh, I don't, I don't buy that. You don't? No, they haven't made a single move. To suggest that they are, They've, there's been rumors, but nobody's gone. And how do you rebuild? You know, how do you rebuild this team? They don't have young hitters. Senzel's like the only young hitter. So if anything, it's like a retooling because they're worried about the prices really going up on these starting pitchers, and they believe in their pitching development. But I don't see rebuild here. I think. Okay. And, and, and again, they haven't made a move on any of them yet. Yeah, uh, Bauer's gone, and I doubt they're going to bring him back because they're talking about po- possibly trading Castillo and Gray. But neither are gone, so no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that as like a reason to be leery of anybody. Well, um, I, I was actually using it as a way of like saying like, I mean, if they, if they're gonna like rebuild or even just a retool, they they need to really see what they have in, out of Winker in a full season, and so. Uh, I think some of the question marks in terms of, you know, would he get platooned? Uh, is he got an everyday role? I think he will this year. Um, and I'm still not a huge winker guy, but uh, I think he the price is fair. Uh, and if you're looking for, you know, a, a guy in this tier with some upside that maybe we haven't seen, I think winker may be that guy. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. He's he's the youngest of the group, but he has been around a long long enough to to get the veteran tag, despite only being going uh, despite only going into his age twenty seven season. You mentioned Schwarber, and I've I've liked him in the past too. This year was was tough to swallow at one eighty eight with the batting average. Still had the power with eleven homers, but it was only a two hundred four ISO. It actually wasn't uh, that great. Usually, you know. You, you you still see the the ice that's why you go ISO with a guy like that hitting that four of a batting average because you really want to see what the power looked like. Two nineteen Babbitt, obviously there's there's some gotta be some bad luck mixed in there. But he does strike out a ton. He walks a ton and uh that put that put a lot of pressure on the limited batted mm-hmm. balls that he does have and they did not come through this year. But he did hit two fifty the year before in a full season with thirty eight ninety two. That's really nice. Um you know, wherever he signs, he's capable enough in the outfield that he doesn't have to have a DH, uh, though our, our you know, uh, daily mentioned that we believe the DH will come to the National yeah. League. Um, is he just is he not Grichuk type, though, with you're planning for high 20s, low 30s homers with a mediocre average? Or do you see something more? I mean, like, like is almost... the 38 homers. Do you think that that can be like. A, a, like 30 mid 30s homers is that a resting spot for him is that is that the expectation for you i mean it obviously depends on where he ends up and this is another guy who's been tied to the yankees 
um, because they they did originally want him in that Chapman Mm -hmm. uh, trade. Uh, I think that still worked out pretty well for the Yankees, but... Uh, so I think it depends on where he ends up. If he's in a situation where he's going to get to play every day, uh, then yeah, I do think that 40 home runs is a possibility for him. I mean, we saw it in 2019, he had 38 home runs. So, and he had uh, 30 in just 129 games in 2017 as well. I mean, the, the power is legit 95th percentile in exit velocity, uh, 86th percentile hard hit percentage, 75th percentile in barrel percentage. It's just, you know, he's not going to have a good average. We, we know this. Um, you know, he did get unlucky, but it wasn't like that bad. <laughs> like, he wasn't that unlucky. Part of He deserved part of it. His XBA was 225. So, like, you know, which is still awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of a, a potentially Joey Gallo light. Kind of bat, or, or um, just Joey Gallo, or just Joey Gallo. I mean, but not quite as bad, not as quite to the extreme. Like, do I think Schwarber could hit 50 home runs? Probably not. I do think Gallo could. Do I think Schwarber will hit, you know, below the Mendoza line again? Probably not. But I do yeah. think Gallo. So that's will, the trade-off: so. a few mm-hmm. homers for a little bit better uh, batting average potential there um, between Schwarber and Gallo, and. While I do like Gallo, uh, Schwarber's much cheaper, mm-hmm. so that that's that 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 works too. You know, Pollock quietly was awesome this year. Yeah, played 55 games for the Dodgers, 276, 314, 566, with 16 homers. Um, you know, he's never really bad. He's always kind of a plus bat. It's just a matter of, you know, can he can he stay healthy, right? Because mm-hmm. he he hasn't played more than 113 games since 2015. And he's on the Dodgers. He did play a full season this year with the 55 games, but I think you have to, you know, operate as though uh, you're not getting a full season with him. I, yeah. I would cap out my projections uh, around 130 games for him, which but, is right where steeper depth charts are. Um, yeah, why I do mean, you project him as a negative, uh, as a below average bat? Though, what? Why is he getting a 98 WRC? Because he's 33. I. Don't know. Career 114. I, I don't understand that. I mean, he was really good this year. And, yeah. um, you know, his, his own contact percentage was almost at 91%. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I used to make the joke uh, on, uh, you know, about Schwarber that no player needed the DH more in yeah. the National League than Kyle Schwarber. And I think A.J. Pollock is kind of in that group of players that really badly needs the D.H. just so he can get kind of the extra days off. Uh, and it's not that he played D.H. a ton this year. I mean, he only played or he, only, he was only D.H. in 11 games, um, but it just gives him extra time to kind of, you know, out of the field, stay healthy. Uh, I really like A.J. Pollock this year, especially. run season if he's able to stay on the field and i think the dh could help that and uh, I, I don't think he gets enough credit as a potential no you know a 30 homer guy there again that's that the volume is really the the tough part there he's like a 30 homer pace but can he get get the games there mm-hmm. uh to do it but yeah paul was excuse me has been a little bit off my radar um 
I just usually take somebody else. But I'm looking at his numbers here. I'm like, damn, yeah, he's been like a real firmly above average bat. Uh, with that, including this big season in, in 20 here. We'll see what the Dodgers do, too, though. They're in on everything always. Mm-hmm. And while he is penciled into a spot right now in left field, they could change that in a flash. And all of a sudden, they get George Springer for no reason um, because they're the Dodgers. They have the, they have the resources. <laughs> yeah, they can yeah, do they it. They can do that. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how that goes. All right. Um, and then McCutcheon kind of is what he is. I still like him. I love um, Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah. I mean, like, he's going to lead uh, off. Uh, I'm going down with the ship with, with that. You know, I'll be drafting him when he's like 40 as a mm-hmm. as a part player. But he is still, yeah. You said atop the lineup. Philly's not a bad lineup, and runs are not something that we think about a lot. It doesn't get enough attention in fantasy, and late runs at that because usually you're getting most of your runs early because that's mm-hmm. the best players are the guys who are hitting higher. But he's a top of the order guy, OBP type guy. And still going to give you a little punch and a little speed. He has, he stole four bases this year yep. in uh, 57 games, so he's still running a bit. And what do you get? He's, like uh, 22 and eight? Ten. Yeah, 22 yeah. ten is probably what I would say. With uh, potential you know. for over 100 runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, especially if they were to re-sign Real Muto, which you know reports are that they're still uh, in on Real Muto. Uh, that you know the you know the the middle of that lineup, you know thickens up a little bit and he's going to score a lot of runs for Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I still love Andrew McCutcheon. I like all these guys. Yeah, this is, this is a good group here. I can see myself putting two of them on a squad too, yep. depending on what I need. Cause McCutcheon delivers something a little bit differently than the other guys. Uh, all right. These are prospect slash prospect ish. Um, at least one of them utilized their, their rookie eligibility. I don't know if Adele did, did he expire that this year? Let me I see. don't believe so. No, exceeded rookie limits in 2020. Oh, so okay. two of these guys aren't, you know, prospect eligible anymore. But they're they're they haven't played enough that they're uh, completely out of that that realm. And that's Jared uh, Klenick at 213, Austin Hayes at 216, and then we jump down a bit to Alex Kirilov 273 and Joe Adele 309. And because the prices are so different, you can you can make your pick based on cost if you want here but i wanted to pair this these four together uh because they all kind of fit that uh, that that youth upside profile there so let's just talk about all four of them in order uh let's start with kelnick in seattle the question is when's he gonna be up i think that's you know that's the mm-hmm. what we really want to know it won't be to start the season i don't think there's really any reason for them to do that but is he up you know right after that seven to ten game that first wave there just to get the extra year or do they wait a month or so like where do you see Kelnick's call-up period uh being with your best guess obviously we have no idea with call-ups but uh, as you go into as you're in the midst of draft season already are you expecting five months out of him uh five plus months four months where you at on Jared Kelnick or Kalenic um yeah I don't know I mean if you see like Jeff Zimmerman's uh, mining the news, um, there was uh, you know some report. It is Kelnick, sorry. Yeah, it is Kelnick. Um, there was a report that he could potentially be up like right after that, you know, three week deadline um, okay. for the extra year of service time. I mean, I don't know why they would bring him up uh, that quickly. I mean, he's ready. Like, th- there's no question he's ready. Um, in my opinion, he's the best fantasy prospect in all of baseball, um, you know, and that that's over Wander Franco. 
and so, I mean, I think there is a ton of upside here if he is up in that three-week span. The Mariners aren't in a position to compete, and so that is my concern. But, like, I don't think the price is prohibitive. At 213, you're, you know, that's not a bad spot to take a gamble. So, um, and I do think he could be an absolute monster from day one. Yeah, no, he really, really could. Um, I think that yeah, the upside is is plentiful. I think when Kelnick comes up, he's top of the order guy off rip. Um, now he only has 21 games at Double A though, mm-hmm. and then obviously lost a year of of uh, development this year. Well, you know, not fully lost, but you know, he's playing at the at the alternate site. Mm-hmm. That's just not the same. So he's gonna be 21. Um, so I mean, uh, you know, I will say like it's it's definitely not the same because you're not playing in game games, but the level of competition was probably greater than he ever saw at Double A. So in some ways, it is better than what it was, right? Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. probably going up against guys who are borderline major league pitchers. So he's he's probably seeing a level of pitching he you know he had never seen before, and and the, all the reports were that he was just uh, amazing um, and probably should have already been up at the at the major league level, but the Mariners had no reason to bring him up. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think the, they'll obviously hold him down to get the extra year of service times. Don't expect him up until late April. But I think there's a, a reasonable chance he's there. And if, if you're in a league where you can stash a guy like that for three weeks um, or you, 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 know, you build your roster construction where you can – kind of take a zero on your reserve list for three weeks. Uh, I think he's a, he's a good gamble. Okay. Um, all right. Well then let's talk Austin Hayes out in Baltimore. He also has expired his rookie eligibility, but he's young enough that, that you're still playing on the upside there. He's going to be 25, um, you know, put up a little, little league average 134 plate appearances this year. Uh, decent little sample, 75 plate appearances in 2019. I mean, you add it all up, he's got 272 major league plate appearances at uh, a 200, 272 average as well, 320 OBP and 424 slug with nine homers, four steals. The pace, full season pace, is 2010. Is that what you're playing for, paying for with Hayes? Do you think he's a 2010 guy? Is there more to it? Where do you come out with Austin Hayes in Baltimore? I mean, here's the hard part, and I think we talked about this on the last episode uh, when we were talking about Santander, is that uh, there's there's probably going to be either some sort of, sort of rotation or an odd man out in that Baltimore outfield. Mm-hmm. With Mancini coming back, and we assume that, you know, we assume he's going to play. We don't know what it's going to be like coming off of, you know, cancer treatments and things like that, but we assume he's going to play. Uh, which takes up that DH spot, and so you've got four guys for the outfield. Now they could easily just rotate all of them in. Did and you see? Did you see Jeff's piece? I did that? not on that one. So he he had he had the minding the news on Baltimore. Hang on, let me get the exact wording here so I don't mess it up. Uh, let's see, Orioles. Pardon me. Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, DJ Stewart will be fighting over one outfield spot with Ryan Mountcastle and Anthony Santander entrenched in the other two. The surprising part of that to me is that Mountcastle's not yeah. first base with Trey Mancini at DH. So I imagine that means 
Trey Mancini's at first, and then DH Chris Davis, since they're paying him. I mean, but isn't it Chris Davis's last? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they. No, Chris Davis has nine more years. Oh God, he probably does. <laughs> I thought. Hey. Uh, no, he, he. It is the the final year, but I mean, there's there's still they're still they paying. Or no, I mean, two more years. Two more years at 23 mil each. Jesus. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, at some point, they just eat it, right? Like, I mean, I mean they have been just eating it, so why not just officially eat it? And um, I don't know if I buy that they're, those three guys are fighting for one spot. That seems ridiculous to me. For a team that On is no, I'm not calling Jeff a liar. Calling I'm calling Jeff a liar. I'm calling his source a liar. Um, yeah, no, I yeah, Jeff is a liar. Screw it. You Jeff, know, I'm, yeah, flat out, flat out liar. Yeah. Uh, no, it was from Dan Connolly at the Athletic talking about everything. Um, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I think. I don't, I don't know I don't, though, man. I don't buy that. I just don't. I mean, I I think they're are they're fighting. The, those three guys are fighting for two spots, which could leave one of them out and while Hayes I think may have a leg up I don't think he's any better than um the other guys and his right stat cast your, data your is boy who's out yeah I don't think so I think Said. Cedric Mullins is gonna be in there um sorry what were you gonna say about Hayes's stat cast it's ugly a really ugly like okay. blue 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 everywhere blue uh, except for in strikeout percentage. Is he blue, double D, double die? Double he is. D? Double die, double D, man. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? I think we'll get a lot more clarity in the fall, uh, in the fall, excuse me, in the spring uh, on that as, as you know, camp comes in and they can start to settle things. Um, with Mullins, there, and, and you really like him, and so that's why we're focused on him a little bit. The beauty is a, a speed guy like that, they don't have to play every day to really be impactful. Mm-hmm. They, they can really get the job done, playing you know, four or five times a week, coming in as a sub defensively, and then getting a plate appearance because it's you know only the seventh inning, uh, coming in as a pinch runner. So even if he isn't penciled in as a starter, I know we're talking about Hayes, but I, even if Mullins doesn't get that full-time role, because his price is so cheap anyway – I know you're going to stay bought in. Yeah. You've sold me on him. I'm, I'm on that train with you. I'm still going to take him no matter. Uh, but then we could get clarity in the spring that says, you know what? Mullins actually won uh, won the job here, and he's going to be the starter. And Hayes and Stewart are going to be a straight platoon because Stewart's a lefty, Hayes a righty. So I think I think it'll all settle, it out, settle itself out. But right now, that's the latest from Dan Connolly that those guys are fighting it out. I feel if, like if you take Hayes, you have to then go take Mullins or DJ Stewart just to kind of have like the handcuff. And, if you, <laughs> you want to try to get a full mm-hmm. role there. Yeah. But do you really want to worry about getting that much playing time on Baltimore? I don't know if you do. I, I let's don't go, think you do. <laughs> let's go to Kirloff real quick here. Um, penciled in as a starting DH. Like, Amazing. 0.0% chance that, that he is the starting DH, uh, unless they sign him to a long-term deal. I don't know. Why, why do you say that? Why, why Minnesota's not going to start his clock on opening day. They they've never been the a team. They've never been a team that does that. If they don't have anybody, though, I mean... They'll start Jake Cave. 
Jake like, Cave's already starting. Oh God. Um, they'll start me. Oh, my service cool. time. My oh. service time's already expired. Oh, I'll um, draft you in one league just for funsies. It'll be it'll be like I don't know Brent Rooker, um, you know, and uh, could be Garver because right now they got Ryan Jeffers slated in. Yeah. Catcher. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. I don't think it's zero point zero percent. Okay, I mean zero point one percent. Nah, I, I I think I think you're underselling. I mean he's he's twenty three. Um, he's he's ready. Like they might leave him down for that that week or whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like uh, he's gonna get left down until that. But they're service, competing, that, that, man. I don't know. I don't know that it's completely out of bounds that they would let him just go. I think I there's do. a reasonable chance that they, and there have been reports that there have been talks um, that they could uh, that they could sign him to a long term deal, and he is you know That'd stuff like that. Too. Yeah. So I think if that happens, he's obviously up day one. Um, but if not, then he's waiting down there with you know guys like you know Kalenic, um waiting for that imaginary line to pass, usually about three weeks into the season. Um, before he's up and not not saying that he won't be you know worth drafting i don't know that he's worth drafting at this price though i I think there's still guys with bigger upsides um at least out of the gate uh that i'd rather take a shot on than uh kirilov yeah give me a name i mean kalnick i mean if we're going to talk about i mean kalnick's 60 picks more expensive oh i I did not realize that yeah this is where Um, the split happens it's uh 213 for kalnick 216 for Hayes, then we jump down to 273 for Kirloff and 309 for Adele. So you're definitely getting a discount on the other two guys. Um, and of the four, I'm going I'm to I'm say, say a name that uh, that is going to anger you and say I'd rather have Garrett Hampson. You're a moron. Um, I'd rather have Andrew Vaughn. Um, Why? What do you think? I mean, look at the projections for, you know, for Kirloff. Where's, it's 16 where, where's, and 7. Where's Vaughn playing? Uh, by the way, I, uh, I said this last episode. I, I stand by it. I don't care about uh, projections yeah, no, I know. For, for guys who have never played in the majors yet. I, I, I love Steamer. I respect what they do. I, I don't care. Like, I, I don't yeah. put much value in those at all. Plus, that's only in eight, 118 games mm-hmm. for, for Kirloff. Um, no, I, I Vaughn does not have a spot. Abreu and Jimenez are the first base. Jimenez is going to be in the outfield. He can, but he absolutely should not be. And but they've got. He will. Uh, no, I don't think he will. <laughs> I mean, you know. I think Vaughn is not a one week and up guy, so you're waiting. I on do. Oh no, yeah, I think Vaughn is up. I, th- I think Vaughn, not one week, but three weeks or whatever it is. Um, I think Vaughn's up pretty quick. A month is quite a bit different. Um, but none, I don't of, know, man. none of these, you don't get the extra year service time from a week. You, yeah, you, you do. You got it from Good a week. In tw- you got it. No, no, that was in 2020. No, with no, no that's what it's season. always been. Like when Bryant got called up a weekend. Why do you think he was only it, down for like eleven games? I don't think that when you can check on when when he was actually up in his rookie season, but I don't nine believe, games he he played one hundred and fifty one games. Right, been that long. So someone with more prospect knowledge than us will will tweet at us. And I'm correct. You're not. I don't need them to tweet at us. Tweet at us. It even even if I'm wrong, tweet at us that I'm right. 
No. Yes. Nine games into the season that Brian got called up. What are you talking about? How It's always been like that first call-up period is like uh, eight to, to eight to 11 games into the season. That's how you get That's how you get it. And then if you want to do like the Super 2 thing, you got to yeah, wait. That's usually June. July. Yeah, June or July. Because yeah. it's a nebulous um, date. But yeah, dude, I don't know. Because also with the White Sox, they've been rumored on on – uh, guys like Springer potentially too. So then he'd play the outfield over Adam Engel and that would keep Jimenez at DH. So yeah. I think you're overrating how quickly Vaughn comes up, especially in relation to Kirloff. I think there's a much clearer path for Kirloff to get there than there is Vaughn. I like Vaughn, but I think you're overrating I his potential. I think Vaughn's upside is, is greater. Really? I do. What's really, what's I, the I tangible Vaughn- difference between the two? As far as, pro, as, as I mean, prospects, I think, I think Vaughn is. Uh, I think they've probably got similar hit tools, but I think Vaughn's power is is greater, at least out of the gate. I think that maybe Kirilov locks into more power um, as uh, you know as he gets older. Um, but uh, right now, I don't like in a full season. If if Kirilov is playing, you know, full time in a full season. I think he's like a 25 home run bat, you know, and, and probably six to oh seven. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just, just got an alert. Francisco We're, Lindor going to – I'm so sorry to cut you off, but I think you mm-hmm. would agree that it's probably worth it right now. Oh, my yeah. God. You were on this. This was mm-hmm. this was your landing spot for him. I mean, not that you made it up. Please, but please, please, please say that Eddie or Eddie Med Rosario is going back in the deal. I mean, I, I don't know that we're even there yet. The other one. Ooh, is it Jimenez? Yep. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. I, I mean, too. I like that for both guys. Yeah. You know. I think the White Sox, excuse me, the Cleveland Indians getting the be- the better guy between the two, between Rosario and Jimenez. I think they, I think they were able to get the the better of the two. Uh, dude, <laughs> my buddy, diehard Mets fan, uh, just texted me and my other guy. Uh, How are you guys saying all caps? And I was like, oh god, what happened now? I'm thinking like something awful happened. So I just go on Twitter and I see Lindor, and I was like, oh god, now that I know that that that's a positive thing. Um, holy smokes, Carlos Carrasco going too. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. We're able to get Menez instead of Rosario. I'm really glad that I did not, uh, because of everything that was going on yesterday, finish the draft guy for FWFB. I will be taking the weekend. Uh, draft guy will be out on Monday. Um. Oh, my gosh. Dude, that is so sick. So right now we know uh, Lindor Carrasco – um, Ryan Wolf, a second round pick in 2019 mm-hmm. with Jimenez. I don't know anything else right now. Yeah, that's insane. Um, okay, so we actually kind of, believe it or not, actually already talked about Lindor as a potential Met because, like I said, mm-hmm. that's where you always had him going. So we were kind of operating under that idea. Quickly before we get back into these outfielders, Carrasco as a Met. I mean, I think that's the big surprising part here is that they also get a premium pitcher. Yeah. Um, and now they don't need as much from Thor, who, you know, they don't need to rely on him quite as much because he's going to come back, you know, a month or so into the season. And guys coming back from TJ, we always, they're always a, a total wild card. So we're looking at DeGrom, Stroman, Carrasco as their front three. 
uh, what do you like Carrasco anymore as a Met or same I, or I less? kind of do. I mean, the Met Stadium is a great place to pitch. Um, he's going to get to go up against a bunch of hitters that have never seen him before. Um, I mean, obviously leaving the central kind of sucks, and so maybe it's kind of a um, a lateral move, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is such a great deal for that. Wow. I, I was like, oh, this is pretty fair until you said Carrasco was in it, and then uh, now I'm like, no, everything is- they wanted, man. Like the, this off season, they wanted. You know, I know there was some disappointment when it was McCann and not Real Muto, though McCann is. Very Does nice. Does this mean they're out on Bauer? There's a spot for him, so I don't think so. Yeah. You I go mean, Grom, Stroman, Carrasco, Bauer, Lugo, and Matt's filling in, and then when Thor's ready, I mean, again, you you need more than five anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not like and Matt Peterson. should be Matt should be in the bullpen anyway. Well, yeah, so. it's not like Matt's Peterson or even Lugo, who I do really like, but he started to struggle a bit as a starter after the first few uh, starts went pretty well. But it's not like any of those three would preclude you from getting uh bauer because then if you went to grom stroman carrasco bauer as your as your front four and bauer who cares about the order but if those are your front four while you're waiting on thor and you have actual depth in peterson lugo and mats um i mean that's oh my god i mean even if they don't get him though I, i think i love where they're at but that would obviously be incredible too Mm Hmm. holy smokes dude yeah, oh, my my oh. my Andres Jimenez uh, shares have just uh, skyrocketed too because I mean well, now he's he's gonna play every star now. Right? Yeah, t- I mean, will they bat him at the top of the order? Maybe. I mean, this lineup in Cleveland just got ugly though. Oh my god, it's so it was already it was already ugly. After it was already half. half. It was half yeah. a lineup. You yeah, know, you, you like the top half, but then it dies off so quickly. Yeah, Jake Bowers is is the fight. Well, that was the, yeah, that was you know that's where it stayed awesome. Jake Bowers was the last of the yeah, yeah, right. in the lineup, and then Roberto Perez, Daniel Johnson, Yu Chang, Bradley Zimmer. I'd rather have Jack oh, Bauer. Man, well, yeah, I know you would. Um, this is this is awesome, dude. What what a move. I'm um happy for Mets fans. They've 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 wanted this. They wanted something big and. I actually remember I have another Mets fan uh, friend who streams and he was like telling his his uh, viewers he's like guys just let this off season come to the us you know you don't have to make them you don't have to be out in front and do everything right away just breathe and let it happen three days later Lindor what a pickup dude that's gonna be so sick now he's obviously gonna bat at the top is he gonna be the number one guy is that gonna kill Nim not kill but is that gonna ding Nimmo's value does he go all the way down to eight with this and then they go Lindor, McNeil, Alonzo, Conforto, JD Davis, Smith, McCann, Nimmo. That's a really good question. I mean, I think they could maybe maybe hmm. Nimmo's at least I mean, he's bottom 3 for sure, right? Has to be. I think so. Yeah, I it, think you know, it's a bummer for him for volume. It's great for them to have an OBP guy down there at the bottom like that, though. Mm-hmm. Really keeps the the train going. Yeah, I think maybe Nimmo bats eight. That's a bummer. Maybe seven and McCann eight. 
Yeah, know, maybe. Not some offensive force that has. Yeah, know, I mean, it depends on if they really want to alternate left, right, left, right. Yeah. Uh, because then they, they would put McCann in between Nimmo and Dom Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, theoretically, they could bump McNeil down. They could. I think they really want. McNeil's better than Nimmo, though, isn't he? I mean, they're actually pretty similar, I think. Yeah, overall. I think. But I think it could also. I mean, it also depend on like you know what if they're going up against a righty or a lefty. I mean, so as well. Lefties though. Oh, I just mean for Nimmo because oh, okay. I mean, isn't I'm pretty sure he's like really bad against lefties. I, I haven't double checked his. Take a quick look at that. I'm on his page right now, uh-huh. so he is 243, 358, 399 against lefties. Still gets the OBP, but yeah. Definitely worse, um, yeah. over 100 points worse. than. So he maybe he bats at the top, you know, against righties, and then against lefties, he's down towards the bottom. So wow. uh, this is uh, this, this is, is huge. huge, huge, huge trade. There um, we go. We got uh, finally. Well, and maybe this starts to open things up. You know, now the Mets can really make a decision on, you know, okay, are we still in about on Bauer? Other teams are going to be like, okay. You know, Lindor's off the block. Let's start, you know, going after other, uh, you know, other maybe this stops, yeah. the blue the Blue Jays are like, well, we're not getting Lindor now, so let's go get Springer, um, you know, uh, or you know, Lemayu or something like that. So hopefully this is the hot stove actually heating up um, and not just a flash in the pan. Well, it's definitely gonna keep us warm for for a day. That is mm-hmm. that is nice there. Uh, all right. Well, let's get back into into our outfielders. I think we'll finish this group and then do one more and, and, okay. and call it a wrap because we got a little bit of time uh, constraint here. Adele was the last one we need to talk about in this in this group of prospect or prospect ish folks. He's going at 309. Uh, definitely coming cheap because of the ugly debut. Is it warranted or is this a big buying opportunity to buy on somebody the market's uh, pushing away from? I mean, he was. He was awful. We we know that 42% strikeout rate, uh, 31 WRC plus. Is this you know the next Javi Baez where people are way out on him because of an awful sample to start his career, but then he really gets on track um, the way the way Baez did, or is this somebody that you're 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 long term nervous about? How do you feel about Joe Adele? I love Joe Adele from a straight skills perspective, like a, from a straight like raw skills perspective um but the contact is a major issue and this was something that uh people who are really watching him in the minor leagues saw um you know and kind of commented on that hey he's he he's not one of these guys that isn't being brought up because uh they're trying to hold down service time he's one of those guys that's not being brought up because uh he's not ready yeah he needs Um, to develop and and Madden has already said that he needs time in the minor leagues. So like he's this like I still think there's a huge amount of upside because there is a ton of power in this bat and he is fast. Um, but he is poor defensively uh, and like his zone contact percentage was 66 like, percent. That's so bad. That's so bad. Um so he's going to need to go back down to the minors. And I think there is a reasonable chance that he's not back up until the summer. Um, and maybe even gets leapfrogged by Brandon Marsh at some point. So, do like uh, Marsh. you know, at pick 300, you're taking dart throws. Mm-hmm. But 
this is only a dart throw you should likely take if you have one of like those NA spots for minor leaguers. Um, you're or in deep a di- reserve. Yeah, dynasty leagues or yeah, a 50 round draft and hold. Like you, or IL spots too, because then he not that he would go on the IL, but that because the reason we say this is because you know uh, we know not everyone plays NFBC, but we do, and a guy like this is tough because you just have to mm-hmm. hold him. You just get seven reserves. That's it. There's no IL. There's no prospect. It's just your seven reserves. So if you take Adele, you're committing to about six reserves for probably at least a month. Mm-hmm. And that's and, tough. And I don't think it will be at least a month. I honestly don't think he's going to be up till June or July at, at the earliest. And, um, and so like I, the IL situation, no, like, because we're, ex- I mean, at least I'm expecting more pitcher injuries than normal um, because guys are going to be going from, you know, guys are going to be having a hundred inning jumps um, in, in their innings from 2020 to uh, 2021. I mean, the most amount of pitches uh, or innings thrown uh, in 2020 was 85 by Lance Lynn. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't think it's going to be, I, I don't think there's going to be a, a massive increase. It's still going to be, you know, more or less 50, 50, half the guys are going to get hurt. I, I don't know that it's going to fundamentally change pitcher injuries. I mean, um, I don't know if it'll fundamentally change. I'm just preparing for the worst. And yeah, so I, mean, I don't want to prepared I, at pitching for sure. I don't want to, you know, clog up, you know, my reserve list with guys that may not be up till like it, if he's not up until August or September, that would not surprise me. He has a ton of work to do. And um, I still like him long term. If someone is looking to sell cheap on him in a dynasty league. I'm buying, um, okay. but in redraft, I doubt he will be on any of my teams this year. Yeah, I don't really foresee that either, barring uh, something would have that, to change in spring, and if that change happened, his price would go up, so I don't know if I'd buy Adele at that point anyway, right? It'd have to be like, oh my god, he's come back with a retooled swing, and he looks like a completely different player, and now they're thinking he could be up you know, in mid, mid-April, but then, then his price would jump 100 picks. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you. I, I, I'm not taking Adele this year. I had some shares coming into 20. It did not work out. And uh, I, I redraft. He's off the board right now. I'll let somebody else hang on to that. You know what's going to happen, too? You let somebody else pick him. They cut him when they get tired. And then, you know, early June when he is looking like he's going to come mm-hmm. up, you can pick him up off the wire. Yeah, so we, exactly. can, we, we, can, we can play that. All right. Last, last group here, rebound candidates. Uh, Andrew Benintendi coming off a rough year at 233. Yasiel Puig coming off of a not playing year at 237. And Lorenzo Cain also off a rough year at 243. So we got uh, three guys. We know what they can do. They've all had big seasons before. But uh, we we don't know what we've got here. And didn't actually Cain, didn't he opt out? Yeah, he opted opted out five games and get out. Uh, So yeah, pardon me on that. But yeah, they're all still rebound candidates. Um, Benintendi only played 14 games. They were really bad, and then he was out. So it's it's kind of a blank slate with all three of them. Do you have a do you have a preference that you would that you're picking at because the, they're all basically the same price? Yeah, it's Lorenzo Cain for me. Okay. Um, I I feel just safer about his playing time situation. 
his health, which is a weird thing to say about Lorenzo Cain. But, uh, you know, prior to opting out last year, he had three straight seasons in which he got over 600 plate appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and you four know, out of five. Yeah. I mean, I think you can pretty much pencil in 10 homers, 15 stolen bases, and a good average. Uh, and I think there's obviously uh, room for upside on those stolen base numbers. So I mean, and he, solid he, run upside. Um, mm-hmm. You know that lineup disappointed, uh, but I don't think that they're as bad as they were in 20. Yeah. You know, Yelich was brutal. Hero was awful. Uh, like nothing really went right for them. Omar Narvaez forgot how to hit. He learned how to catch though so good good on him there mm-hmm. but uh, yeah nothing really went right up and down that lineup i think they get back on track and he's atop that lineup so i, I think kane is the best bet here too i agree Puig doesn't have a job so we have no idea there it's i like, think he i still think Puig will i mean there's I been too. there's been a lot of smoke um, I mean, we thought you'd have a job this year though too so he, but he I, did I, I think for he, a second he did and then he got covid like the braves had him and they got COVID, and they're mm-hmm. like, uh, we're not putting up with that. Bye. And so the, the problem is when Puig signs, his price will skyrocket. So like now is the time to go get him if you want him. That's that's um, true. That's that's a good point because he's going to go up at least thirty picks, I think. More and then than depending that. on where he is, eh, maybe he's coming off a no season. And so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where he, it depends. It really depends where he goes. I don't think he's going to be. What are you thinking? How many how many picks do you think he's really gonna go out? Um, let's see. What he's two thirty seven ish right now, two thirty five ish. Uh, I think he goes up fifty to seventy spots, and I think we're talking about him in the Max Kepler Grechuk area. No chance. No chance. We'll see. We'll see. It depends on where he lands, but I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think it'd have to be a remarkably favorable situation. We're talking about a guy who was like a top hundred pick, right? So, be, you know, before Kirk uh, coming into 2019. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, and, you know, put up almost a 2020 season, you know, put up his best year <laughs> as a as a fantasy uh, player in, in in the last year he but played. He was, so. was a league average bat. He missed a whole year. I, I'd be surprised if he jumps that high. Uh, we'll 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 see. And then Benintendi. I try to caution myself when I get totally out on somebody. Like maybe I'm, maybe I should give a second look and see something. I don't know, man. I don't. I, I don't know why I just can't get any interest. I think it's you know the bum 19, the washout 20. Um, what where are you at on Benintendi? He's gonna be 26. He, sh- he he started off really nice 2020 season. Then uh, he was 16-21 the year after that. But the triple slash really improved. What what do we think? I mean, this is the problem with guys that are, you know, um, the sum of all parts kind of guys. Where, like, they're not necessarily, they don't really have, like, the standout fantasy tool. Um, mm-hmm. Is that if they regress any, then they went from being, oh, look, he gives you a five-category production. It's not great, but it's, you know, altogether it's great. Well, now it's altogether not good at all. Um, and so... Oh, Rosario's going, too. Oh, They wow. got both. Again, I'm sorry to cut you off, but they got both. Interesting. That's really interesting. 
Um, does that mean Rosario plays short and Jimenez plays second? Yeah. I like that for both of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't get an outfield though. Maybe they could put Rosario in the outfield. Remember, there was chatter about that mm-hmm. a few years ago. They potentially could. Um, yeah, that's um, that's a really interesting move. I mean, it frees up a lot of money for the Indians. So if if they, you know, they're obviously trying to cut payroll, but this would give them the ability to go and sign like a Michael Brantley. Yeah, you know, that's um, true. and and still save a ton of money on the payroll. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sorry, but I interrupted you on Benintendi. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, is the, is there a chance that he outperforms his ADP? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, like that he has a rebound. Like, it, But is there a chance that he's a second round kind of player that people were drafting him as coming into 2019? I don't think there is. Um, and so I, I think that like at this price, he's worth the gamble, sure. Uh, but I, like, I think there are some people who are like, well, this is a former second-round player. Like that part of it um, is is foolhardy. So, Miss me with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I I doubt he'll be on many of my teams, but I might take a gamble here and there. Yeah, I just like I said, I don't know, you know. And the early comps were like, yo, is he? Is he the next Christian Yelich where he kind of starts as this really solid type of guy that can develop into something more? And then I think it was in 19 that he bulked up and was, you know, going to try to maybe take that next step. And it went completely the other way. He lost his swing and and things were awful. And like I said, this was a washout year. At 233, though, you know, we might be getting to a point where it's like, hey, this is still a guy who has been a a – darn near 2020 lock um or maybe not lock but he's got those skills to be a 2020 type guy pretty regularly should we just take the uh take the shot on him on spec when you get this when you get this cheap because he is still only 26 so i don't want to completely forget benintendi but i'm yeah. just i don't know i think the, pro- the problem is too like i don't know that like even if he kind of bounces back to closer to what he was in 2017 2018 i don't think it'll come back with the speed necessarily like his speed scores have gone down every single year of his career mm-hmm. and you know i'll throw out the 2021 because um he was obviously injured and it was only 14 game sample but his his speed score was like league average mm-hmm. um you can still steal bases with that but the team has to want to yeah i mean if he's like 20 and 12 uh, but he's only been 20 home runs once in his career so i think we're talking about more like he's got the upside of maybe like a 15 15 guy gross so yeah i just don't know that the upside is as huge as maybe the name value would suggest and that's my that's kind of my issue still young though I really never thought it was eh, 26. That's not young. I mean, that's still somewhat. I'm, he's not I'm, old. Well, he's, he's in the midst. He's 10 years you know. younger than me. Well, that doesn't mean anything. It means something to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm probably not taking him. Maybe I get a token token share um, if I can catch him closer to his max, which I actually don't know what his max is right now. Hang on. Let me see if I can. 
285. Yeah, if he starts lingering down there, maybe I would jump in on Benintendi, but I don't know because I'm even looking at the guys who are around there, and I still I still like that. We'll talk more about those guys on Tuesday, but uh, we do have to get going. Man, I'm still I'm still geeked on this Lindor deal um, with Rosario and Jimenez going back, and then a couple of prospects along with them. This might actually be a good one for Cleveland. Uh, you know, we know they're dumping. I mean, as good as it could have been. <laughs> well, of course, of course. You know, within within reason, because getting rid of your superstar player plus a premium arm never the feels pre- and, great. And the premium arms locked in through like two thousands. Yeah. So and, yeah. and not at not at an exorbitant price. With, with I think a, a team option for twenty twenty three. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm interested to see Cookie out there uh, with the Mets and Lindor. I mean, I think he'll fit right in. I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to go really well for him out there. Uh, but, yeah, Menez and Rosario, if you were drafting them, they at least now both have full-time roles. You should feel pretty comfortable that they will start. I think Menez should be uh, near the top of the lineup. Rosario, I don't know. He might be more middle back end, but we'll see. But, uh, hey, Mets fans. Dom Smith's playing time completely locked in now. J.D. Davis is playing time completely locked in now. Like, yep. he's, you know, and... Uh, I was never really that worried. I really figured it would play itself out um, in their favor. Plus, the DH could come in and make it even mm-hmm. more moot than it already... I, I just think those guys are too good not to find playing time for. Yeah. Uh, even though Davis is defensively challenged... Um, Dom isn't great either, but they're just such good hitters. Uh, right now, and this is just what we put on roster resource, but they got Lindor three. So Nimmo's still at the top of the lineup. Oh, God, I would love that. I just took Nimmo in that draft and hold him in. Nimmo, McNeil, Lindor, Conforto, Alonzo, Dom, uh, that, Davis. That'll change McCann. when they sign another player. They're going to sign another player. Well, then, the, then Dom or Davis's playing time wouldn't be guaranteed. Without the DH, if you think they're going to sign somebody else still, who are they going to bring in? Like Springer? I mean, if or they Nimmo's don't... playing time then would be cut. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, then it would probably be Nimmo's playing time cut. Oh God, I hope not. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll God. see. I mean, it's just the thing of it I'm, is, I'm just going to throw out a name, and and obviously this is dependent on uh, the the DH coming to the National League. Um, but how? this lineup who i'm sorry you cut out right when you said marcelo oh my goodness holy smokes that'd be insane and it would fit pretty well too because um you know they got plenty of lefties uh they're not overloaded on lefties but another premium righty oh my god yeah that'd be gross and yeah especially they got dh locked in look oh wait where's malik smith gonna play though oh my god shut up he's a non-roster invite they should cancel it <laughs> I know they didn't get an outfielder in this deal, but they should cancel it just for. I'm really surprised he wasn't part of the deal, the package going back, you know. I, I, dude, I'm sure Cleveland <laughs> pushed for it, and the freaking Mets were just like, "Nah, dude, we can't. Too mm-hmm. good, too good." And and our boy Justin Mason already bought his jersey, so we don't mm. want to do that to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, I'll talk to you later. Take Bye-bye. it easy. Peace.